listening to music. So is all of Korea. What good is a record player without any records? I'm just trying to... That'll be all, Captain. Major, I know what kind of music you listen to. All that weird stuff by guys playing the Philharmonica. Hey, MASH fans, welcome to the MASH 4077 podcast. My name is Meds, and joining me as usual is my co-host and wonderful chap, Kenny. Gentlemen. <laughs> and today we're talking about Season 11, Episode 13, Friends and Enemies. This is a 250 third episode overall, directed by Jamie Farr, written by Kevin Hall, and it was originally aired on February the 7th, 1983, and the production code is 9B05. Charles! Charles! Honeycutt, please, I'm listening to music. So is all of Korea. If you don't like it, you are not only free to leave, you are encouraged to do so. Believe me, Charles, if it weren't for this ingrown toenail, I'd be out of here at the speed of sound. Now turn that garbage down. Garbage? That garbage happens to me by Gustav Mahler, one of the greatest composers ever. Sounds more like he's decomposing. Dale Call, please come in. For you, Major. Careful, it says fragile on it. On the records. What records? Ma Mahler. Oh, uh, I love Fats Mahler. No, no, this is brother Gustav. This is masterpiece, Kind the token leader. Now, that's not one of Fats' tunes, unless that title is German for your feet's too big. No, it's German for songs on the death of children. Charles, you're not going to play that now, are you? Of course not. This one's not over yet. <laughs> I have the plot summary here. Colonel Potter must decide whether to blow the whistle on an old army chum, Woody Cook, whose military mistake are costing human lives. BJ suffers from both an ingrown toenail and from Charles' insistence on playing his Mahler records. Hey, how does a fellow get any service around here? Well, I'll be snookered. Woody Cook, you old buzzard. Sherman, you know I've been planning to pay you a surprise visit. But this isn't exactly what I had in mind. What happened? I tried to catch a piece of shrapnel on my leg. It didn't work. Don't worry, I'll get my best leg man on it right away. I believe you have the Epsom salts and water straight up. Just what the doctor ordered, Father, thanks. Corman? I hope it helps, though I must admit these aren't the types of souls I'm used to dealing with. Honeycutt, how is he? He's just fine, Colonel, believe me. His leg's in a lot better shape than my foot. Hard to figure. Woody's such a tough old coot, I always thought a bullet would take one look at him and hightail it in the other direction. How long have you known him, Colonel? We go back to WW1. Just a couple of raw kids when we met. He turned out to be one of the best friends I ever had. He also turned out to be lucky, which is more than I can say for his driver here. How's he doing? Hard to tell. Next few hours may be rough. Why were they so close to the fireworks, anyway? The last time I heard from Woody, he was grousing about being stuck behind a desk at i I'm happy to report the joint is empty. Good, I'm finished here. If you fellas can get along without me, I want to be with Woody when he wakes up. Okay, guest stars for this episode. John McLean plays Colonel Woody Cook. Now, McLean was born on January the 24th in 1918 in Hayter, Alberta, Canada, as John Joseph Williams. He was an actor and writer known for First Blood, 1982, In Cold Blood, 1967, and Sleeper in 1973. He was married to Roberta Claire Robinson, and he sadly passed away on April the 16th, 1994, in Los Angeles, California. Then we have Jim Lafair, who played Sergeant Zarelli, 
was a major league baseball infielder for eight years and a manager for three different teams over six years. He won National League Rookie of the Year for the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers in 1965. He was one of several Dodger teammates who have guest appearances on various television shows. Oh, very cool. Kelly Nakahara returns as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. We have Matthew Price, who's Corporal Marsh. This is Matthew's only credit. And Jeff Maxwell returns as Igor Struminsky. And Jack Yates, large enlisted, he's large enlisted man, so you know. <laughs> Jack Yates is an actor known for The Rock in 96, My Man Adam in 85, and Knott's Landing in 79. And Bill Snyder returns as Snyder. And Joanne Thompson returning as Nurse Joanne. And Jennifer Davies Westmore returns as a nurse. It's a long way to Tipperary. It's a long way. That's how they won all those wars. They kept singing till the enemy gave up. It'd be fine if the colonel's playmate would just stick to singing. What do you mean? I had a talk with Cook's driver. I got the impression that when the fighting broke out, Cook ordered him to stay where he was instead of running for cover. Is that a fact? Yeah. One of my patients told me Cook wandered into the area and started giving orders to their sergeant. I'm going to take a little tour of the rumor mill. I'll go with you. <laughs> Shouldn't you keep that toe off his feet for the next couple of days? Yeah. It's not my feet I'm worried about. It's my ears. I'm going to be stuck here for two days with Winchester and his dead children's glee club. Well, if it'll make you feel any better, wrap that bandage around your ears. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. You want to start us off, Meds? Okay, I gave this 8 out of 10. Um, I quite enjoyed this episode. Um, I, I, you know, the, the to- ingrown toenail. Oh, I've never had an ingrown toenail, <laughs> but I, I know plenty of people who have, and I know it is incredibly painful. I, I, I do know. Um, Charles playing these records loud is, is always fun to see. And the fact that Margaret gets a record player. Who would who would get a record player and not have any records that go with it? You, surely they would ship them out at the same time, but that must be so annoying to have that. It really is. Yeah. Um, we've had this storyline before as well where uh, a slightly you know, a past his sell by date, um, you know, Colonel yeah. takes his, his thing. We had it with the ring bearer, which was Leslie Nielsen's one. Um, so we've had this before, but we what we haven't had is um, is somebody who's so close to, to Sherman. And he and the acting for both of these guys is absolutely amazing. I think he does go off a little bit at the end, a little bit too over the top when he knows what the consequences are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you would you would know the consequences because you're having people sent to hospital, which is always you know slightly annoying. BJ um, getting his comeuppance on certain things as well by winding the, both of them up is is always good um, because he clearly he was just doing that to entertain himself whilst his <laughs> toe was hurting. What does he say here? I've, got, I've written down shi- oh, um, shiny beads and shallow flattery. What a lovely <laughs> thing! And the fact that Charles Charles clicks that—that's exactly what yeah. uh, that, what BJ has sent. I, I do quite like that. And the whole the whole thing, the whole conversation with with Potter talking to Woody at the end is okay. You know, he must have been really hurt. And the fact that he has a go at Hawkeye through it, you know, you do think. Oh, what are you doing that for? But if it was anybody else, Potter would automatically straight, you know, listen and go, okay, then we'll deal with this. But the fact that he's yeah. talking about a friend who's been with him in two world wars previously is, um, it must have been incredibly hard. The only thing yeah. is, is what I'm thinking about. I don't know if I've only just thought about this now. I could have sworn that Sherman Potter turns around and says that he's the last of his, his uh, the last surviving from the two world wars that he was in because he has that bottle of whiskey. Now, unless Woody wasn't part of that group. That's what I'm um, assuming. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, he was yeah. the last of that of that close-knit group that he had of those men. But maybe yeah. Woody wasn't part of that. Maybe he was, you know, mm. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, but otherwise, it's uh, yeah. Again, I haven't got an awful lot of notes to be honest with you. Um, so, but I gave it an eight out of ten. So, it left left a, a lasting impression on me. Oh, very cool, very cool. Uh, yeah, I agree. With, I actually, I only gave it a seven out of ten. Right. Uh, and which is unusual for you know a, a Potter heavy episode. You know, I adore Potter, so mm. I gave I gave it a seven out of ten. Uh, I I Potter getting upset over Hawkeye kind of irked me, but I understood it as well. Yeah, uh, I did. I think it was undeserving. But then again, Potter, like you said, he's been with this guy through many wars. Um, you know, it's hard to hear, and I think Potter knew as well that it was true. I yeah. just didn't want to have to admit it. So that's why he snapped at, at Hawkeye. I love the fact that he immediately, once he talked to the to the soldiers and got the truth and realized it, he immediately went to Hawkeye and apologized. And you can tell he was ashamed that he snapped at him and that he felt sorry for that. And I love the fact that Hawkeye immediately accepted it. You know, it wasn't this, oh, well, now I'm going to be mad at you. And then, you know. Later in the episode, they they renew their their friendship. It was it was immediate. It was I'm sorry. He's like I realize I understand, and I did. I enjoyed the end as well. Look again, we get Potter giving a great speech, uh, talking to his friend, you know, and his friend getting upset over it, which was mm. understandable. But Potter knew what he had to do, and you can tell it was tearing him apart that he had to do it. Yeah, but he he he. He, you know, it's it's more important because I mean, Potter's there. He's there to save lives. That's the whole point, you know. And letting this general, or letting this uh, guy do whatever he wants to do and and cause casualties, which he did. They're sitting, yeah. you know, inside the, the the hospital. Potter just couldn't couldn't stand for it anymore. No, no. I did like the the B story with B J and. The ingrown toenail, which I've had, and they're horrible. Oh, I did like that story. I thought it was funny that he was pitting, you know, Margaret against Charles, and then Charles against Margaret, and then obviously Charles is, uh, catches on with that one line you mentioned, and <laughs> and then they and then they turn around and they get him back, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm with you. I have don't have a ton of notes. It was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. After the previous few episodes that we had watched, I think this was probably my least favorite of those. Mm. Even though, like I said, it was a Potter strong episode. But yeah, I, I think I think seven. I think I'll keep it at seven. Seven was a good number for it. Yeah. Come in. Am I disturbing you? Oh, evening, Pierce. No, I was just trying to track down something for Woody. A photo of the two of us at our old division's costume party. We went as Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Oh, here it is. See, I was Roy. Woody had better legs. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, sir. Those were the days. Maybe Woody's not ready to put those days in his scrapbook. What are you getting at? I had a talk with Woody's driver, and he told me that he wanted to get out of that area when the fighting started, but Woody ordered him to stay. Then another kid told BJ Woody wandered in and ordered the company to defend a ridge. That's how they all got wounded. I tried to ask their platoon leader about it, but he wouldn't talk at all. It seems that Woody caused a lot of trouble for a lot of people in an area where he shouldn't have been in the first place. Is that so? I know how hard this must be for you to hear. What do you know about anything? All you've got is three flimsy stories based on a lot of hearsay. Woody Cook is a damn good soldier, and I'm sure he had a damn good reason for what he did. 
And it ain't to be judged by a bunch of wet-behind-the-ears brats with chips on their shoulders. And that goes for you, too. I'm just trying to... That'll be all, Captain. But would you at least let me... I get... said good night, Pierce. All right, let's see. IMDb gave it 7.4. So oh okay. about in the middle of us, mm. which, which seems appropriate. More, I'd say more on my side than yours, but I'm yeah, just saying. So this is another one where I give a higher score than you. That's going I on. I know. Told you. <laughs> World's going to end soon. Oh. All this craziness. <laughs> See, the, past, the past year and a half, we've everything that we've gone through. That's <laughs> the reason why. We need to get back there, to normal. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Sergeant, they tell me you were in charge when your unit was attacked. Yeah, they told me that too, sir. Oh, did something happen you want to talk about? No, sir. Look, Zarelli, this is very important for the good of everybody involved. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Son, if there were casualties, it could have been avoided. You owe it to your men to bring it to light. Okay. My CO ordered us to keep clear of that ridge, the one where we got hit. Next thing I know, Colonel Cook shows up and tells us to defend it. I tried to explain what was going on, but he gave me a direct order. We never would have ended up here if he hadn't taken over. How come this hasn't been reported to I-Corps? What's the use? Even if we had, it'd just get whitewashed along the way by somebody who's a friend of Colonel Cook's. And why didn't you report it to somebody here? For the same reason, sir. Okay, so behind the scenes. Now, the storyline with Potter and his friend uh, repeats a storyline from season five's Ping Pong. Ah, so he was right in, uh, in yeah. saying that earlier yeah. on. Yeah. Yep. Colonel Potter, played by Harry Morgan, and Colonel Cook, played by John McLean, are veterans of at least three wars. They first met in World War One, which uh, the American got involved in 1917 to 1918, served in World War II, America was involved in 41 to 45, and were both deployed to Korea. America got involved in 50 and 53. Mm. And yes, Mads, I know America came to them all late. Yeah, but... well. At least you turned hey, up and how and we were, and we were trying to we were trying to you know let you guys deal with your issues and then you couldn't well, handle it so you needed Americans to come and rescue. Well, yeah, you bought the chocolate and that's all that mattered. <laughs> Except you bought Hershey's chocolate, which frankly is a is a crime in itself. Let's say. That. <laughs> I think I think I speak for all British people that uh, the American involvement in the both wars there was incredibly welcome, and uh, we've we've never never stopped thanking you since. Uh, it's, the reason, it's the reason why we make the Cadbury's for you. That's the. Uh, <laughs> Please don't ever leave us out. Just keep me keep us in mind. Um, so. Although Colonel Cook may be superior in rank, he could not assume command of an outfit not in his chain of command. Since Cook was not even a field officer, the unit was under no obligation to obey his orders. So they were being a bit of a sheep on that one, boys. Yeah, yeah. You know how it is with us old folks. Get our heads set on something and there's no change in our minds. I'm sorry I barked at you like I did. Forget it. You know, when a man has lived as many years as I have and has spent most of them hopping around the world, he doesn't have a lot of close friends his own age, especially friends that go back as far as Woody and me. A lot of them have died or just drifted off. I really cherish the friends I got left. Maybe.
maybe so much that I've developed a blind spot. Well, if Woody's really a friend, isn't it more important that you may be saving his life? It may be more important. But it sure ain't easy. All right, well, I have a fun fact here. In Father's Day, upon meeting Colonel Alvin Hallowitzer Hulhan, who was played by Andrew Duggan, Colonel Potter expresses his pleasure over meeting someone who remembers the same president. Funny he should say that. Just a year prior to the airing of this episode, Harry Morgan and Dugan played Presidents Truman and Eisenhower in the miniseries Backstairs at the White House. Ah, brilliant. Yeah, cool fun fact. I wonder if, I wonder if that was a bit of a, a nod. Uh, a yeah, bit of a who knows? Nod. Maybe. Smiley, Maybe. Yeah. All right, that's it. Great. Bubble brain. Bimbo. Charles? Uh, what is it? Is something wrong? Well, when you conceived of your master plan, Hanukkah, you did not include the fact that the woman is a raving maniac. Really? Oh, gee, I'm sorry that didn't work out. But, you know, I'm sure that if we put our heads together, we can come up with another plan. Charles? What do you want? I've come to apologize. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that I behaved like a raving maniac. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't say that. The least I can do is share my phonograph with you. How nice of you, Margaret. Isn't that nice of her, Hanukkah? Oh, oh, oh look, I, I wouldn't want to impose on you two. Perhaps you'd be more comfortable listening to music in Margaret's oh, tent. Uh, and leave you in your condition, PJ. The least we can do is keep you company. Uh, we wouldn't dream of leaving. Now, oh, what would you like to hear, Margaret? Oh, I don't know, Charles. I Whatever you like. Anything you like is fine with me. What about one of those death things? What a good idea. Matter of fact, I have a particular favorite. It's called Kinder Toten Lieder. Mm. I think you're going to enjoy this thoroughly. I know I shall. Uh, so, trivia time. Okay, so last episode's question. An Asian-American war hero wanted to commit suicide after he was informed that he was being shipped home. What was his name? Well, his answer was Sergeant Yi. Hmm. Okay, so this episode's trivia question. Colonel Potter was down in the dumps when he got the news that one of his buddies from World War One had died. Making the colonel the only... Ah, it answered mm-hmm. the question how he said, Kenny. Ah. Um, ah, so making the colonel the only survivor of his group. What were the names... Oh, this is a hard question. What were the names of the four friends from his youth? If anybody gets his right, without Googling... <laughs> Kenny will buy you a bottle of brandy. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, Meds. Well, pleasure. if you know the answer without Googling it, go ahead and email me at mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You know, Woody, you and I have a lot in common. Yeah. I always thought so, too. Here we sit, two old war horses almost at the end of the trail. From here on out, if we don't stay on our toes... It could cost somebody a life. What are you getting at, Sherman? I'm talking about what happened at the ridge, Woody. Well, what about it? You stepped in where you didn't belong, and some innocent people had to pay for it. I did what I had to do, and I'd do it again. That's why I belong there. Those green kids didn't know what was going on. They knew, Woody. You didn't. 
And that's what I'm going to have to say in my report. Report? Sherman, you can't be serious. I'm afraid I am, Woody. Maybe I did overstep my bounds a little. But can't you just let it slide? There's a kid in post-op who's sure I'm going to let it slide because I'm your buddy. And there are two others who got injured because of you. You don't understand, Sherman. With a report like that, there's no chance I'll ever get into action again. That's exactly why I've got to do it. When the chips are down, who can you count on, Sherman, if you can't count on your old friends? Woody, this has nothing to do with friendship. You bet it doesn't. Not anymore. Woody, don't you think we've been through too much to let it end like this? I didn't end it. You did. You can find MASH 4077 Podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 Podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash4077podcast or just type in mash4077podcast in the search and our page will come up. If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to mash4077podcast all over the interwebs You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Geeky Fanboy. I would say a solid episode. A solid seven, seven and a half, eight yeah. for some people. Eight for me. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, very cool. I am Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. Evening, Colonel. Pierce. You look like... A man who just lost his best friend. Sorry. So am I. Makes me appreciate the friends I got left all the more. <laughs> buy you a drink? Nope. You can buy me two. <laughs> Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with The Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Hello, MASH fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us.
Mash 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. And guest stars for this episode, John... Ooh, is that Oh my god. That's that's got to be McLeam, isn't it? There's no way that that would be... (laughs) <laughs> you don't think it's lick lick em? Lick lick em. <laughs> uh, Let's have a look. Um, lick, 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 Liam. Lick, Liam. Just say lick, Liam. I mean, we can look uh, real quick. I'm just doing a quick look. Okay, good. I think he's McLean. Yeah, he's McLean. Oh, that's yeah, so weird. It is. Okay. Okay. That might be I me, like, though. We're I, not like, doing I like lick limb better. Lick limb. <laughs> okay, we can say that later on. Then. Oh, my God. I got this person. Jim. Laugh breeze, laugh. Ooh. <laughs> le, uh, le, le verb. I'd say it's uh, le verb. Le verb. Go for le verb. It's a French name. Le verb. Le verb. Yeah, le verb. Le verb. Yeah. All right. Le verb. Uh, so I'm doing the behind the scenes right then. So uh, I don't know why I said it like that because that was an internal <laughs> monologue. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs>